a, a term we've used for, for a few years, you know, analysis paralysis. You can analyze the thing so much that it really, you're just bogged down in that and not actually making progress. Sometimes you have to start and then set up those metrics because if you don't start, you're never going to have the momentum. Hello and welcome to On The Grid, Z Prime's podcast about important issues regarding energy, cities, and much more. I'm your host, Ricky Murray. Welcome back. This week on The Grid with us is Jared Matwire, Senior Vice President and Managing Director of Markets and Risk at DNV. Jared shares with us his passion for serving disadvantaged communities, how we should be measuring environmental, social, and governance in energy, DNV's latest community-focused projects, and how you can get involved in the energy equity transition. So get ready and turn up the volume. It's time to get on the grid, y'all. Welcome to On the Grid. I'm your host, Ricky Murray, and joining me today is the incredible research extraordinaire, Joyce Dooley. Joyce, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing fantastic, Ricky. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited for our podcast today. Joining us on the grid this week is Jared Matwire, Senior Vice President and Managing Director of Markets and Risk at DNB. Jared, welcome to the podcast. How are you this afternoon? Doing great. Great to see you, Ricky and Joyce. Great to be here. Yes, we're excited to have you. So tell our listeners who you are and about the work you do. Yeah, thanks. So so in my role, I, I lead a, a whole set of leaders who are really focused on doing research, evaluation, engineering, and consulting around the energy transition. Uh, we, what we really do is work with our customers, uh, utility customers and other clients to accelerate the energy transition. That's awesome. Um, I know in the few times that we've talked, Jared, your passion for energy equity really shines through. Why are you passionate about energy equity for all? Yeah, so, so maybe I'll start uh, kind of that, that kind of centers from my background. I think I've always kind of been, I was raised kind of to focus on empathy, uh, focus on kind of the other person, putting yourself in other people's shoes. Uh, I grew up in Louisiana and, you know, now I'm now out in California and I've seen a lot of inequity. Um, so, so certainly sort of the state uh, that I saw, the state that we're still in is still that state, the state of inequity. And, and, and really the goal is to, uh, is to get to equity uh, in all facets and using the energy transition, this huge change for everybody's lives um, as that, you know, our vehicles are electrifying. Uh, we're trying to change how we heat our homes and heat our water uh, differently uh, since we've done for hundreds of years. So I think that's, that's that opportunity for a big change. It is. It is. I, I constantly say, let's electrify everything. Who knows what that looks like, but it's definitely coming. And, you know, it's something that, you know, we're really passionate about in the space and I'm excited about the work you're doing in the realm. So along with the passion that you have for this work, what are some exciting projects that you're currently working on? Yeah. And uh, always uh, credit to, to our team. Uh, I, I get to, you know, get a lot of credit uh, for all their accomplishments, their hard work, you know, following regulatory proceedings for sometimes a couple of years uh, before things actually uh, get enacted and they have that opportunity. So a couple related to those. One is a study we're doing uh, uh, out here in California on behalf of California Utilities called the Essential Use Study. And so it builds on uh, previous studies that did residential characterization. So thousands of surveys, analyzing utility bills, understanding 
how do, does every customer use their energy? And this new study, the essential use study, is really focusing that lens on the disadvantaged communities, the people on medical devices and medical baselines, and how do we actually get to equity for the people that need it the most? Um, with this, the prospect that we know rates are going to keep increasing uh, over time, we know that some of these other inequities are going to, you know, continue to actually widen. Uh, so how can we really rethink the way we think about what is essential uh, to people uh, so they don't have to make this dilemma, you know, do I heat or do I eat, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, their, their own lives? It's very important stuff, Jared. You know, really great initiatives and kudos to your team for being able to work on it. I know there's a lot of brilliant minds that are coming together on this. And it's nice to see that you have such a solid group of people working with you to make some of this happen. To kind of shift gears a little bit, you know, when we talk about ESG initiatives, we know that things can be a little complicated to accurately measure. So how do you effectively measure ESG initiatives, especially when you're starting new projects? That's a, that's a great question, Joyce. And I think kind of thinking about this, uh, there's there's certainly a few layers. I think, uh, you know, w- one could see it as, you know, prior to ESG, there was a big focus on sustainability, which is kind of translated into the E part um, and that environmental impact. And really, we've seen in pockets, uh, parts that really address the S and the G, you know, so in certain states or in certain specific cities, even, you know, there have been initiatives around supplier diversity, or, you know, impacting, you know, certain uh, local communities or environmental justice, but you've only seen it recently where things are broad, you know, entire states, federal funding with like the Justice 40, um, and then the, the recent uh, SEC kind of release that, you know, kind of putting more focus on, on ESG. So when you think about measuring it, you have to break it down into those components. Certainly when we talk about carbon impacts, you know, and we think about environmental impacts, we can really, uh, you know, measure what's in, in that E. And more and more, we'll have to be tracing, you know, what's the source. Uh, so so a lot of the technology uh, that's coming with blockchain and other things can, can sort of change uh, the way we even think about this. It's not just, you know, we have to centrally track everything um, and it makes it makes it a daunting task. But again, the S and the G are often facets that, you know, the the, you know, how that company is actually operating, you know, so I'm also, you know, fortunate to be working internally in my organization with DE&I initiatives and things like that and kind of learning from our own customers with initiatives that they've run for uh, maybe longer than us. Uh, and then really that S, that the, the, the S in the middle, I think, is the one that still uh, there's not as many clear metrics. Uh, there's a few different organizations that are working to to develop and build those. But it's really important to avoid, you know, anyone can make a statement if there's no clear metric uh, to back it up. So it's, it's going to be kind of the, the, the critical piece over the next uh, several months and, and year or so. Yeah, I know people definitely want to move away from this uh, idea of greenwashing, right, by making these really great statements, but not being able to fully deliver um, and creating a very shiny green picture of what is actually going on instead of what's actually going on. So thank you. Right. So this is, so it's pretty tough work, right? You know, we're going through and you're right. It is one thing to say it, but it's that follow through after that comes, that really is that challenging part. So when doing this work, like what are some of the challenges and pitfalls that you're seeing through, throughout this? Yeah, I think, I think, I think you raised it well, Ricky. Yeah. I think, I think there's, there's two, two key pitfalls. One is, is, is kind of uh 
a, a term we've used for, for a few years, you know, analysis paralysis. You can analyze the thing so much that it really, you're just bogged down in that and not actually making progress. So I think the first part is, is the point of the metrics is progress. So sometimes you have to start and then set up those metrics because if you don't start, you're never going to have the momentum. Um, so, so that's one of them. And I think, you know, the other one, you know, which Joyce also alluded to kind of, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, performative uh, acts, right? So you can be performative about greenwashing. You can be performative about DE&I. Uh, you, you can always make those statements. But I think what's, uh, you know, really the, you know, I think kind of the, the normalizer certainly has been sort of, you know, with the internet, with, with uh, social media, things come back a lot quicker. Uh, it's a lot harder to hide what's happening, especially if you're going to say, oh, we're doing this, but we're doing something else globally. Uh, everyone's going to find out very quickly. And so, and uh, these days, everyone are your investors. So there's so much private equity. Uh, there's so many other investors out there that I think that's, that's the other potential change from, you know, uh, past times when, when uh, you know, th those, those, those things worked. Uh, quite frankly, uh, but but you know, with today's technology, with today's connectiveness, uh, I'm not so sure that it's going to hold up, or it won't hold up very long. Yeah, I mean, you you almost can get direct, instant feedback now from people in real time. I mean, that's the power of social. So yeah, I completely get it. So Jared, what are some of the opportunities that exist that maybe people aren't paying attention to, and if they wanted to get involved, how would they begin? Yeah, so that's, that's that's an excellent question. I'd like to talk about that all day. Um, so I do, I do think that there are, you know, there's been recent um, opportunities where I think, you know, there's a JP Morgan Chase program called Black Pathways. You know, there's Apple, Google, lots of funding opportunities for entrepreneurs. And I think I, I'm not quite sure that there's enough support to get all of the people with great ideas into those opportunities. Um, so, you know, I had a different conversation, uh, I think it was yesterday, the day before about, you know, there's a lot of other kind of building blocks uh, that, that need to be in place. And so I think, you know, look, looking at opportunities, I've seen, you know, workforce education, apprenticeships, some of these other boot camps, and some of these other things that are going to, how, how do you get, have that bridge between where folks are at now, you have to meet people where they're at, you can't assume that they're already four-year degreed and already have XYZ, we have to meet people where they're at and take them to these funding opportunities. And then I think there's also opportunities for those, those that are, you know, that aren't at that, that starting point. You know, there's, uh, I think, quite a bit of, you know, examples, I, you, know, I, you know, we've seen it in a lot of media, and I think they just got named to like the Times most innovative companies was BlockPower um, and sort of that model where you're combining you know, they've got workforce development, you're combining crowdfunding style investment. So opening up the, the who can invest and at the same time using technology. So you're building, you know, high tech, clean tech careers as you're building and growing. So, so I think these are all the opportunities I think that are really critical is, is how can you create new ways to attract new investment? And the investment's very intentional. It's very focused on, you know, the woman-owned business, the black-owned business, um, you know, the, you know, really, really intentional and focused and that, uh, you know, is, is the way to kind of get back to balance or get, get to equity uh, from inequity. That's all really fascinating and, and really interesting. And I love the entrepreneurial lens as well. I think that 
there's a lot of people out there who uh, have brilliant ideas, but maybe don't know how to get started. So thank you for showing a, a couple of different ways that they could pursue uh, an opportunity to get involved. Yeah, you know, and one one thing that really stood out to me uh, that you talked about was uh, meeting people where they're at. Joyce and I have talked to quite a few people recently on the podcast who share that same value of the importance of meeting people where they're at and how that's really just crucial to furthering people's trajectories there. One thing we also like to ask people to is if you could solve one problem in the space with just the wave of a magic wand or the flick of a wrist, what would that problem be and why? Yeah, so that's a, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, I think, you know, I'll, I'll probably go with, uh, you know, I think, you know, from my perspective, there's the, the investment, the lo- you know, the, the actual capital is out there uh, and the technology is all out there. Um, and, and typically the, you know, the thing we run into is that, you know, there's such a variety and kind of there's a lot of legacy that has to change related to policy, regulation, and those things. And so, you know, how can we, you know, uh, instead of kind of tacking on and doing things incrementally, look to if there are, you know, models for, you know, much, much better policy, kind of how do you get that adopted, uh, as opposed to, you know, everyone is slightly tweaking kind of uh, what they already have existing. Probably the biggest one is how do you get to more of those you know, large scale switches to newer model policies that actually enable and really focus on the goals. Because if you keep making little, little tweaks, you'll more likely have more unintended consequences. Uh, So those little tweaks are still going to support things that you're trying to, you know, get away from, and you're still not going to make enough progress fast enough uh, on on the other side. So I think it's, you know, that that would be my big, bold, uh, come in with my policy wand. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I agree. I agree. You know, and it's, it's those small, those small little steps, at, you know, I would say are really just organizations ability to be flexible to kind of adapt to new changes that come along. And I think, as you do that, ultimately, that breeds success in the long run. Our last question for you, it's, it's a loaded question. So really, we'll give you some time to think about it. When we say the word energy, what does that mean to you? Oh yeah, that that uh, it means a lot. You know, certainly as as we discussed, kind of you know that's it's tied to pretty much everything. You know, I do at work. Of course, I also think about you know my my kids and and their energy and you know you know what what that future looks like. But you know, ultimately, I think kind of the you know, you know, really it is, it's up to that, that human energy, you know, to make the change, right? The, uh, you know, the, the, all the, the energy that we go all over to the corners of the earth to find and, and, and harness and, 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 you know, uh, bring, bring entertainment to our lives. You know, we, we have to think about it as, you know, ultimately it's going to be the human energy that, that drives us away from, you know, really bad consequences of climate change. And at the same time, also address, you know, yeah, there's, there's a lot of bad history and hum, humans haven't treated each other well for a long time. Uh, but, but that can all change, uh, because, because of that human energy. So, so I'll, I'll stick with that one, which is, uh, embodied in, uh, my little ones. Totally. That's, you know, we've had, we've asked a few people that now and everyone, you know, everyone's answers are always so different, but yes, I agree. Like that, 
level of connectivity and the energy that we provide to each other definitely, I think is super foundational to really just every aspect of our lives. Yeah. And I love that the idea of the personal responsibility that we have to make change happen. Um, I think that it does come down to us and we do need to figure out better ways uh, moving forward. So thank you, Jared. Thank you. So Jared, thank you for getting on the grid with us today. Thank you for joining us. Do you have any last bits of knowledge or anything you really just want to leave our listeners with today before we wrap up? Uh, no, just really appreciate it, Ricky. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I just, uh, just great to, uh, uh, be in this position because of the success of, of our team, uh, and what they've accomplished and what they're going to do, uh, next. Uh, so that's, that's what I'm really excited about and, uh, glad to, uh, have the opportunity to kind of, uh, spread the wealth and, uh, kind of be their spokesperson and ambassador, uh, as we, as we try to make a more equitable energy transition. Of course. Yes. For all of our listeners, uh, where can we find you? Where can we stay up to date with maybe you or DNV's latest happenings? Yeah. So myself and DNV uh, active on LinkedIn and also uh, DNV.com. You can find uh, a whole lot more information, lots of free resources, uh, our energy transition outlook, uh, you know, free global projections of what's going to happen with the energy transition. So uh, you can always find us there. But thanks for joining us again. Joyce, thanks for being a fabulous co-host with me this afternoon. It was great chatting with both of you. Until next time, thanks for getting on the grid with us. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you, Jared. Thanks, Ricky. Thanks, Joyce. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us today and you for listening along. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit the subscribe button and give us a rating. We'd love to hear from you. If you're interested in joining us on The Grid, email us at info at zprime.com. For updates, please be sure to follow us on LinkedIn at zprime and on Twitter at zprime underscore research. This episode was produced by Ricky Murray and edited by Aria Levanti. Cover art is designed by Mia Dance.